Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast. You are listening to episode number 86, and I am your host, Jason Katarski, and I'm here with my good buddy, Jake. What's up, Jake? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing well, because we've been having fun playing games mm-hmm. all morning, mm-hmm. So, uh, and we've been playing some quirky games today. Yeah. Some some goofy games, uh, some, some strange games, um, games that have a lot of toy factor to yes. them. Games that when you walk by the table, you look down and you say, what are these people playing? What yeah. is this? Yeah, what like yeah, real eye catchers. Like good games for public spaces because we want to draw new gamers into our world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we do that by having really cool, interesting looking things in public places. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the ways, anyway. Being friendly, also, yeah. you know, using uh, good personal hygiene. That might be another way. Yes. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, Remember people's names. Something I'm, I'm terrible at. So uh, I got work to do. We've all, we've all got our part to play, though. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about these games that, that we play that that are a little bit out there. We got a, we got an older one that is really clever, and then we got uh, some newer ones that are kind of like the cutting edge of technology. <laughs> yes. um, so let's start. Uh, let's start many many moons ago. All right, back in 1965. Yes. Yeah, so tell us about this game that, that you brought to me today. All right, well, I brought a game called Avalanche from 1965, um, published by Parker Brothers, and I found it at Goodwill recently, and it caught my eye. It was different than the million copies of Seen It that were on the shelf. Yes. And uh, I, uh, it's this plastic grid that you literally prop up with a stick, so it kind of looks like one of those old-fashioned like rabbit traps or something, <laughs> like Elmer Fudd would use. Um, but and it comes with a bunch of marbles, and it has these plastic gates that uh, that swing back and forth. And generally, there's you drop a marble in, and one of the gates will catch the marble, and then a second marble would, if you dropped it in the same path, would hit that marble that's trapped, go over to the side, release that marble. And kind of like drop those two marbles. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Plinko, yeah. but with like rotating hourglass thingies. Yeah, where the top is a catcher and the bottom is like a trigger. Right. And so if you so there and there's like four levels of those gates, and so the top ones, like if you can get marbles down to the lower gates, you could drop one marble in the top and end up getting you know five or six out the bottom. Just from the from the avalanche effect that right. that ends up happening, and so the point of the game is to collect a certain number of marbles of certain colors to fill up your your player board. Um, it almost feels like a spiritual successor to Potion Explosion, where you have sure. you have those potions with different colors that you're trying to trying to fill up with different color marbles, um, but it's, it's it doesn't have quite as much control. It's almost more of a dexterity control, a push your luck type of control. Whereas po- potion explosion, you make some choices on what you pull out of the yeah. out of the track. But um, it's a really clever little game, and there's definitely ways where you can block the other player because um, you're going for certain colors, and the other player might have already filled up that color, so you could seed the game with a bunch of dice of that color or a bunch of marbles of that color. But then you run the risk of of also putting yourself in a corner and getting a bunch of stuff you don't want either so right. it's it's a really interesting little little mechanism yeah um so like you randomly get these two nine by nine grids with mm-hmm. holes in them mm-hmm. right like and they have a different different 
different uh, kind of color combinations, but like they, they don't feel like they're particularly balanced. Yeah. You know, like you might like you had one that had only two colors, mm-hmm. and I had one that had all three colors. Mm-hmm. So it's random in that sense. Um, and by what colors you choose to put in, you do have some control and decision making, and you can kind of plan out the physics like. Um, until, like, a chain reaction explodes that you didn't expect, or until one of those hinges, like, just bumps <laughs> the wrong way yeah. when it wasn't supposed to. Bounces weirdly. Yeah, yeah so, like, th- there's some nice randomness in there. Um, you know, like, this was, like, when, when plastic was, like, all the rage, mm-hmm. and everything was made of plastic because it was so cheap, and, yeah. like, um, and it was, it's a really clever little system. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two modes of play in the rules that you found. And the other one was, like, each person gets a color of marbles, and they're just trying to get rid of all of their marbles. And you put one in, and you have to keep putting them in until you get something out. So your goal is to, like, figure out how to put more on the board without, like, causing the chain reaction to get more out. Yeah. But that, that wasn't as fun. No. Uh, it felt, it felt like, a little too random and a little too back and forth and a little bit too much like it was going to get caught in, like, a, an endless loop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like really fun game. I don't know if you'll ever be able to find it. Like, it got nominated for some foreign award in two thousand four. So maybe yeah. there are companies that still make this in different yeah, places. I think I've seen a couple different reprints online. That this isn't this though. This is the original version. It's not the only version that's ever existed. Yeah, yeah. So. It says it says um, Milton Bat Milton Bradley Spiel. Like, so that's I'm guessing Milton Bradley in Germany. Yeah, um, does it? And the designer is Frank Sinden. So we we didn't think it had a designer at first. It wasn't listed on the box as you know Parker Brothers Games will do. But yeah. on, on Board Game Geek, it did tell us that that Frank W. Sinden was the was the designer, and he's also known for a game uh, called Booby Trap, which is like this spring loaded square with these circles that are kind of like it's pressure loaded hmm. and you pull one of the circles out and it's kind of like a i feel like there's another name for this game nowadays but like you pull out this thing and, it, and if you pull out the wrong one the whole thing's gonna smash smash hmm. and explode hmm. um so but those are the only two games that this designer has has listed is avalanche and booby trap but like this is a weird looking game i yeah. mean like it stands on the table it has a cool vintage box like the graphic design on this box that you had is pretty killer it's just like a yellow box with a photograph and like big block uh sans serif avalanche yeah and i love that there's like a registered trademark after the word avalanche yeah like that's something you can like that's enough to actually go on like you can never use this word again yeah i mean it definitely stood out to me on on the shelf at goodwill to where i pulled it out and i'm like what is this and i started looking at it and so and i bought it and i brought it to youth group and the kids were like what what is this i want i want to play i want to drop marbles in this thing yeah so it it definitely uh, has the table appeal even though it's some crazy game from yeah. 1965. <laughs> and and I wanted to play it again and again. Like, we played it three or four times just because it was like, oh, cool. I started to see how I could get better at it, too. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That was it. Like, I mean, it was pretty random, but, like, you definitely can make some choices that, that matter mm-hmm. in the game. Yep. So that one's a that one's a very cool one. Another one is maybe uh, not going back as far. It's just a game that came out for uh, a couple years ago, and, and it won the um, the Kinderspiel, the mm-hmm. genre, and it was called Ice Cool. Um, High School is is a great game. Uh, you've probably heard us talk about it before on the show if you've been listening for a while or heard about it because it's a pretty big deal. But it's by Brain Games, and the game is nested boxes. There's five of them, right? And they have different openings, so you pin them together with these little wooden fish meeples. 
And you have two different roles in the game. There's like a teacher who is trying to catch students who are trying to skip class and they get hungry and they want to go sneak some fish. Mm -hmm. So on certain doorways, there's colored fish that are clipping uh, the the boxes together above the doors. And you're trying to get your your fish through that box by flicking um, uh, through those openings to collect your fish, which will give you random points. There's a deck of cards that kind of determines how much those fish are worth. Mm-hmm. Or you're trying to be like the, the, the hall monitor who's going around and is trying to make contact with those students to uh, take their student ID, which will give them some some points if they're mm-hmm. the if they're the first ones to complete their task. So if you touch all of this, <laughs> if you touch all the students, I'm sorry. If you touch all of the penguins uh, while flicking them, you've caught them and the round would end. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody captures all three of their fish the round ends then you see who then everybody gets a chance to be the uh the catcher Mm -hmm. and the game ends so another game that it's like it's it's super simple in the way that it plays but like there's there's quite a bit to it like you there's flicking techniques you can certainly get better at you can Mm -hmm. if you flick down on their heads you can get them to jump over these box barrier walls and land in the next uh section of the box yeah or you can go through two gates at once if you flick it on the right side they're weighted on the bottom but light on the top so they wobble and you can put spin on them we 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 can't put spin on them because we're not quite (laughs) that skilled um what'd you think of that one jake oh well we you know, we played, and I, I immediately, you know, we finished the first game, and I was like, okay, we got to play this again, and it, uh, it's, it's just different than everything. Uh, like I've played some dexterity games before, and it feels like you have a little more control, at uh-huh. least at first. Like a disc, you're like, okay, I know what this is gonna do, but this bottom weighted wobbly thing that's not symmetrical, it just it does things that you do not expect it to do. Yeah, um, and it's. Even, like, the board is designed in such a way where if your thing is standing perfectly straight up and down, it doesn't fit through the gate. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to get it to, like, wobble at least a little bit. Mine right. got stuck literally in the gate. And I we we had a game where it literally lasted three minutes. But I was like, okay, let's do it again. Yeah. And I think it's definitely one where, you know, the more you do it, the more you could literally get better. Like, that's the thing with those dexterity games is you can literally develop a skill that that puts you more at advantage than somebody else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and there's multiple skills cuz you're trying to like um just set yourself up to like to, there's just different like the different goals being the catcher or the mm-hmm. runner like kind of adds a nice layer of like you can't you're not just doing the same thing over and over again. It changes things up. Mm-hmm. Um now that I think that points out like some of these games do have problems. Uh th- this one like you mentioned like you get stuck in the doorway. Yeah. And I think that that wasn't by design as much as it was just by like my box is starting to get warped mm-hmm. or how you put it together or if it's not perfectly flat on a table, um it it's going to cause some little like weird situations uh-huh. like that. So like um the gimmick makes it a little more of a fragile experience. Right. And I'm, like, trying to, like, get by the edge of the box to flick over it, and I've got one, right. um, my thumb planted on the table, and I'm reaching over the edge of the box because, like, and I'm like, oh, I hope it won't slip because if I do, I will crush this box, and then I need the box to play the game. Right. And that brings up a the question of, you know, whether randomness is a good thing or not, you know? And I, and I think hard, there's hardcore gamers that, you know, get mad when things don't do what they expect because they want to be able to plan out every step and and strategize and be like I know I can win if I do a b c d e but in a game like this I you know I think there's a fun communal aspect of things going off the rails you yeah. know something gets stuck and we both go ah oh, and, yeah. and laugh and it's like well you know I lost because that got stuck but it, you know that shared moment of just 
disbelief yes. is, I think, part of what makes games like this fun and brings people together. Right. And, and that's one of the things, like, I think is important in a filler is that, like, somehow the field, um, it could be anybody's game. Yeah. Not, you know, not that there's no strategy or whatever or no skill involved, um, but, like, you want newer players to not get pummeled by more veteran players every time mm-hmm. you introduce a game. So randomness is one of the things that, that allows for that to happen. And that's what life is. Like, you don't, you can, you can try to predict everything that's going to happen in life, but, like, it's not reality. Like, yep. you're going to plan it out and something totally different is going to happen. So, like, let's just get people ready for the real world while we're playing games, too, you know? Yep. Um, so the other one, uh, actually, we played a couple more. Um, one was another uh, kind of kids game mm-hmm. um, called Bugs in the Kitchen. And the gimmick here is that it's got this little motorized hex bug that, mm-hmm. like, just vibrates and bounces around a board. You've got these pivot uh, centers where they're like forks, knives, and spoons, and they create a different layout for the board. And you're trying to guide the bug into like a pocket, a corner pocket that that, that is your goal to earn points. Mm-hmm. And it's a real-time game where you roll the dice and it tells you you can either turn a spoon, a fork, or a knife 90 degrees or a random thing of your choice. There's a question mark on it, too. Mm-hmm. Um and you're trying to open the path up so this bouncing bug will, like, be guided to your path. But there's lots of, like, at the same time, the when it's the other player's turn, they're going to try to, you know, stop your 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 path. Mm-hmm. So there's some back and forth there. Um, I played this game a ton with my kids. And I, and I think, like, the appeal is this little, like, weird toy. And it's just fun to watch this little guy run around. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have fun with that one? Yeah, I, I like the concept a lot. I think the copy we played, the bug was starting to lose his momentum yes. a little bit. And so he was getting stuck. And uh, But I definitely see the appeal. And there were definitely times where, you know, you, you can play, like, defensively by changing something that doesn't immediately change, like, the path of the bug but is going to protect you for later. Or you can, you know push something right next to him to try and move him right away. And so I definitely think that there's some there's some strategy and some interesting decisions to be made in that game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My my bug, either the battery is dying or uh, he's just, like, maybe the motor's getting worn out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the cool thing about that is I can go and buy another bug. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, those bugs are 10 to $20 themselves if you're going to buy them. Um so that's one another downfall of this kind of toy factor game is like mm-hmm. eventually the technology might wear out, um, and the gimmick is fun while it lasts. Mm-hmm. But like, hey, with the deck of cards, you know, I mean, you you might wear those cards out by playing them, you know, over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, but I think it would be the kind of game that you could play uh, with kids around. And I have done this with kids. Like I've taken this game to like my kids' school when they were having like a like a party night or something like that where they had different stations and I brought some games. Mm-hmm. And this one is just like people come over and look and like they want to play with the bug. Now with little kids, they might want to play with the bug instead of playing the game, mm-hmm. which is okay. Like whatever draws them into the game. But, mm-hmm. it, but it, it worked as a good one for my youngest to be able to like just take turns of like rolling the dice and making a quick choice. And like she's she's really enjoying that. Both my kids have, have really enjoyed that one. So kind of a fun... Uh, Fun gimmicky little little game, and they have another one in that line. Ravensburger makes it. Um, both of these 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 hex bug games, 
The other one has to, it's like a race game where there's like a loop de loop in it where the bug like oh, wow. goes around like a an upside down loop and like scurries <laughs> across the board and you're trying to race across the board before a certain thing happens. I tried it at a uh, Chicago Twenty game for once and okay. I didn't like it as much uh, as as Bugs in the Kitchen, but it, it ha- if you like bugs and want more bugs games, you know, look for <laughs> it for sure. Uh, so the other gimmicky one we talked about was uh, was one I posted on my social media a little bit recently that mm-hmm. Jake said. Hey, 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 I gotta play that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, brand and, new, yeah, brand new. Uh, I mean, it's. I think it's. I, I just got it. I, I, think, I don't know how long it's been out, but it is called Dropnicks. Mm-hmm. Um, tech, like technology and me, like when it comes to games, aren't usually like best friends mm-hmm. because I mean, I, I'm not a big video game guy. Like, I love the analog aspect of tabletop games where you sit together and you're sharing an experience with mm-hmm. no aid of electricity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but draw makes it has has some neat stuff uh, going on. So what did you what did you kind of like? What was your takeaway from from that experience of playing with draw mix? I I thought it was really interesting. Um, it's it's a so if you don't know it's a it's a card driven game, but really it it the the whole thing is this interface that you get that you sync to your phone, and it's run by an app, and the app. The whole thing is you're basically a DJ or competing DJs, and you have this deck of cards, and they have they all have different songs on them, and some of them can go anywhere, and some of them go to a specific place, like maybe the drums or the guitar. And what this game does is it you put these down on this interface, and it mixes them into one song. So it takes, you know, you might have the drum beat from from a pop song and then you throw down the guitar line from a completely different, you know, rock song and it and a vocals from something else and it it changes them so that they're in the same key and at the same tempo and it mixes them together into this cohesive song. And it's a it's it's really interesting. Yeah, it's a it's like a game of mashups, like yeah. making mashups. Um, yeah, it, it is super interesting. So the toy factor on this one is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and this thing isn't cheap either, which is like the big, the big downside of mm-hmm. it, I think. Um, but you get this device for a hundred bucks. It comes with four decks of 15 songs each. So you've got 60 cards, uh, and they're all bits of songs in different genres and you can play it in freestyle mode, which is just like, turn it on and be the DJ. And this that captivated my kids for for an hour without my help, just messing around with these songs, finding finding songs they liked and they wanted to put them together, and I loved that. Mm-hmm. They weren't watching TV; they were participating in something together. I'm a music geek, so like I love my kids doing stuff that's you know related to music. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple different modes for for the game part of it. There's a, a cooperative party mode, which I haven't played yet. Uh, and then there's the clash mode, which is like either a one versus one or a two versus two game. Um, and it's, it's a really simple game. Like it's almost, um, I think equivalent in weight to something like Uno. Yeah. You know, like it's a real casual game. Um, it's kind of hard to learn the, the, the nuances to because the rule book just says how to use the cards in the board. And there's a little video that teaches you the games. Um, and then the app runs it for you. So like, um, it takes a while to kind of figure out like how the scoring like works and to get that in your head. Yeah. But like, there's these different colors on these different five ports, 
and you're playing a card to, to each of those, you get two actions on your turn. You can either hit the drop mix button, which is like a spinner, essentially. Um, they took really basic uh, card game like mechanics mm-hmm. and, and board game mechanics and made them into this like really fancy high tech piece of equipment. So like that's kind of kind of like jarring at first because it's like this thing's really fancy, but like the, this it's a spinner, you know? Like yeah. so you spin and that might remove some cards that your opponent played. Um, it might not. It's a random kind. Of, it's like rolling the dice. It's like a random spinner. Like mm-hmm. that's legitimately what it is. We could we could build a board and some cards out of this and have no music and play a really simple card game and it probably wouldn't be very fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but then your other choice is to play a card into one of the things. So there's there's certain dedicated like yellow and red are always like that's the option for that port. And then there's a red space that you can only play red on. There's a red and blue space, and then there's a blue and green and a blue space. So like you can play those different colored cards, and there's different levels of one, two, three of cards, and you can only play a higher card, equal or higher, on top of what's already there. Um, so like, and there's some special action cards that change change things up. You you play a card, you get a point for it. Like just if you can play, make a play. Uh, if you can't make a play, you might have to do a spin to hopefully like clear off part of the board to play another card. Um, and then if you're introducing a new color that's not showing on the board, you're gonna get two points. So you get some bonus points. There's a bonus point for like a full mix of all the colors. Um, so it's it's tactical in that like you're just like, what's the best thing I can do right now to get more points? And you go to 21. As soon as somebody gets to 21, the game shuts down. On the partnership game, you just like have a deck each, and you get two actions. And one of your either you play two cards, or your your partner plays two cards, or you play one each, or you do the draw. So, so like, there's no order to that. It's just, like, how you get two actions. Do what you want with them. Talk to your partner and make it happen. Um, the good thing about that is that I could play that. We played that with my wife and my eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old, and then myself and my five-year-old. And, like, she was into it. Like, she was able to play the game fully. Mm-hmm. And, like, I gave her some options of what choices she could make, and they had a blast with it. So, as a family activity... It was cool. Yeah. Um, it was a little overstimulating, like, trying to, like, teach the game to my mother-in-law while this music was, like, mm-hmm. um, and it's not, like, her kind of music. Mm-hmm. She played the game, but, like, I think she was a little overwhelmed by, like, flashing lights and sounds and rules, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, that kind of sensory experience gets a little gets a little crazy. Um, but But overall, like... I love it. Yeah, like, it's really interesting. Yeah, for for how simple the game is, I just like want to play with it. Yeah, like I found myself several times not making the most tactical choice, but making the most musically interesting choice in my yeah. hand. I was like, I you know I could get more points by playing this, but I really want to play you know the baseline from the from uh, Cake. Yes, you know? like I want that to be playing right yeah. now. And then, like, I, I just, I just didn't change the lead line forever because I just wanted to hear Tribe Called Quest like all day long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's got popular songs. Uh, it made me feel old because half the songs I didn't recognize. Half of them are like kind of timeless, like some Jackson Five, some uh, some uh, Gloria Gaynor, uh-huh. like uh, uh, a Tribe Called Quest, like uh, Childish Gambino. Like, there's just like a gamut of music, yeah. you know, um, of mainstream, you know, kind of pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the biggest downside to this is it's really simple for what, what the the game is really simple for what it is, Mm -hmm. but as a toy and activity, it's awesome. It's a hundred bucks for the machine. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not pay that much 
I don't think it's that worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got it at a store that it was 50% off, and my membership gave me an extra 10% off. So I got it for 40 bucks. I was like, yes, for 40 bucks, this thing's awesome. Then, to get more music for it, it's 15 bucks a playlist, which is like 15 cards. So I understand they got to pay the artists royalties and all that, but mm-hmm. like, and these cards, each one has a microchip in it, like mm-hmm. in the middle of it, so it can read it. Um, but I want to get all these packs. But per, but so I'm already like I bought two of them. That was thirty bucks. I'm already seventy bucks into this game, and I'm like, I'm I'm definitely going to spend another fifty to hundred bucks to get more of these. But over, I got to pace myself because that's, yeah. that's a lot to throw out for this game. But who knows how long they're going to make it, right? Right. Like I want to get these cards so I have what I need to have fun with it. Um, I hear there's deck building you can do with it too. Like you go through all the playlists and you get a certain number of points and you put together your own deck and you shape it the way that that you want to. Um, so there's something, there's something interesting there that adds yeah. another level to gameplay. Yeah. But enough about draw mix. It's cool. It's gimmicky. You play that in public, people will definitely be like, please turn that down. <laughs> or, or you could use it as a, as a party favor. You yeah. know, like you could be the DJ at your own party. <laughs> uh, but it's going to get some people's attention cause it's, cause it's cool. Definitely. Um, I think the biggest shame is that I'm not seeing demo copies of it sitting out at stores. Mm-hmm. If people could hands-on play with this thing at a store, like it sell a lot more copies. Definitely, I think. yeah, I agree. And you said who made this? What? Who did you say made this game? Oh, uh, Harmonix is one of the companies behind it, and Harmonix is also the company behind Rock Band, ah. the video game series. Right. Okay. So yeah, so they're they're in the video game world. So it makes sense that like they're going to be more about the technology than like the card gameplay. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, family game, very cool. Um, so quickly, what are some other things you've been playing besides these uh, fun gimmicky games we got into today? Uh, I've been playing. Uh, so there's a Castles of Burgundy, the dice game, um, which is a roll and write version of Steffenfeld's The Castles of Burgundy. Awesome, um, and it, it's pretty cool. It's it's probably the most complex roll and write I've played yet, and it's not. I mean, it's not crazy complex, but yeah. it's def- there's a little bit of meat to it compared to some of the other ones. But it's still. I mean, it's just a pad of of maps basically, um, and a five dice. Cool. Um, and me and my wife, you know, it's fun to just sit on the couch and play. Um, cool thing about the maps is it comes with four different maps in the oh. in the pad so once you get used to one of the maps you could flip to a different one and use that one and basically what you're doing is you're you start with there's four castles on each map you start at one castle and you are based on the dice rolls there's colors there's dice that have colors on them and there's dice that have numbers on them and there's a bunch of different uh, hexes on the board and each hex is a different color and there's, like, groups of them. So there might be a group of two purple hexes, there might be a group of three orange hexes, and they fill out this map. And starting at the castle, you have to you have to fill in hexes that are connected to the castle to spread out over the board. But you can only put certain numbers in certain colors. Mm. And so you can be kind of restricted, and honestly, you can roll where you get nothing. But if you get nothing, you get to check off a worker... On and gain that as a resource, and that worker lets you on a next on another roll change the number of one of the dice, and so basically the the game is over three rounds, which are like eight to ten dice rolls long okay. each round. You are trying to fill up as many of those hexes as you can, and each time you fill up a um, 
one of the sets of, like, if it's two purple together, if you fill up both of those purple, you get a resource from that. And the purple gives you monks, which let you change the color of a die. And each different color gives you a different resource that you can then spend on future dice rolls to mitigate some of the chance. Awesome. Um, and then if you are the first person, if you're playing with multiple people, if you're the first person to get all of a certain color filled, you get bonus points. Mm. And if you're playing by yourself, you're just trying to do it, you know, you get a certain amount of points if you do it in the first round versus the second round versus okay. the third round. So it uh, it's it's a really neat little game. And um, definitely the most complexity I've seen in a roll and write yet. Um, but still not, I mean, I think it's, less complex than the Castles of Burgundy, you know, okay. board game itself. Right. It's not that way for sure, but it's a it's a fun little roll and write for sure. How long does a game take? Um twenty to thirty minutes. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. Yeah, that's 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 about right. That's about what I would expect for a, a roll and write. Yeah. Well I haven't been playing a ton of stuff, but I've been hard at work uh, on the next Green Couch Games title. Mm. And uh, we just announced uh, that today, and I'm proud to share with you guys that uh, the next game that we have coming out is called Filler, <laughs> and it's by Jonathan Schaffer, uh, the designer of Stroop, who's also a Grand Rapids uh, native, really great game designer, and this game is awesome. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a card game for, uh, for uh, two, two to six players. Where you are filling pastries, uh, and you have uh, multi-use cards. You're going to be doing some blind betting to determine uh, with those cards uh, who has the earliest time and shows up to work first. And then you're using cards from your hand to fulfill the recipes to to fill certain uh, traits that are available on the table. And you take those into your hand. So it's kind of this mini deck building hand building game where you're the cards that you're picking up are worth points but they're also like things you can use in future turns um i love this game <laughs> jonathan came to a game design night and was like hey i got a game for you it's called filler like <laughs> talk about pandering straight to the audience you know like so he 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 knew he knew uh who he was patient pitching this game to um we worked with claire donaldson to do the artwork um, and she did Go Nuts for Donuts, so she's familiar with drawing pastries. <laughs> yeah. um, and she did Best Ray House Ever Forced to Fun, the room cards uh, for that. Uh, she's a great illustrator and graphic designer. Really glad to be working with her. Um, if you want to go to our website, you can read more about that at greencouchgames.com. It's going to be hitting Kickstarter in April. We're going to get some be getting some review copies out soon. And uh, maybe some uh, some print plays around if uh, if you're really interested in checking it out. We'll, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and get you guys playing it. It's just card games, so I just got to print out some cards and sleeve them and, and give it a go. But uh, really excited about this one. Uh, Before the Earth Explodes is, is shipping uh, from, from China. Uh, so they, they got back after Chinese New Year. They opened things up, and they're putting it on a boat to go out very soon. And then uh, I'll be uh, sending copies around the world for that. All right. And all the files are finished for Best Treehouse Ever Forced to Fun, and those are finally got off to the printer. So um, things are spooling up after a long, long winter at Green Couch Games where, you know, we're just kind of uh, working through the task list. But right, I'm really right. excited about all that stuff. So, um, so definitely uh, check check us out uh, online, greencouchgames.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Jason Katarski or at Green Couch Games. If you want to see some kooky pictures of Avalanche, um, there's a little video of us playing the game, just a 30-second to give you a feel for it so you can know what we're talking about on my Instagram, at Green Couch Games. Um, Jake, where can people find you? Uh, you can contact me at roundtablereview.net. 
Ah, that sounds uh, sounds exciting. Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing more about that in the future. All right. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Until next time, get out there and play some great weird games that get people's attention. That make <laughs> people say, what's that? Because we want more people playing more awesome things with us. Have a good one.